And, and, oh, and, sorry, put no. that. <laughs> don't, don't buy that. Right. <laughs> no, we're going to leave oh. it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hurdy Gurdy Cafe, an hour of interviews, music, and camaraderie. I'm Ryan, and I'll be your host along this crazy adventure through the land of the wheel fiddle. So strap in, and let's see what's cranking in the Hurdy Gurdy community today. Welcome, everybody, back to the Hurdy Gurdy Cafe, the Hurdy Gurdy Podcast. I'm here once again with Sergio Gonzalez. Hello, Sergio, and our very special guest, Scott Gaiman. Howdy, everybody. Yes, and this was uh, set up a little while ago, and we've been really wanting to talk to Scott for a long time because uh, he is considered to be the sage and the expert on hurdy-gurdies, at least as far as we're considering the United States. But Scott, you mentioned another person. What was that person's name that you thought was just as knowledgeable, if not more so? Uh, I think um, that, uh, like I said, it, he doesn't really have a Facebook presence. He's he's kind of under the under the the uh, radar here. But um, Curtis Barak uh, has oh, probably the largest and finest collection of of hurdy gurdies uh, in the United States. He's got over a hundred of them, wow. um, and uh, and and they're some of the finest examples of historical instruments that that run from 1710 to 1950. Wow! So you guys are going to get together and make like a uh, a hurdy gurdy museum somewhere near where you live, yeah? <laughs> That, that's actually the plan. The, the plan <laughs> okay. The, <laughs> the plan is actually uh, what Curtis has really been endeavoring to do pretty much his entire life. Uh, well, except as long as he's played the hurdy gurdy, is to put together a hurdy gurdy, not so much museum, but a but a location where you can come and play uh, any number of his instruments to 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 test like you know do, what is a caron sound like what is a lambert sound like or a louvet or a tapampar or you know just it's he, he wanted to put this together he's wanted to put it for together for a very long time it's just you know money and space and everything yeah. else so uh, that actually though is the plan well excellent we'll, wow. we'll talk about that more and everything else that you have up in that head of yours around hurdy gurdies in just a moment uh, but at the beginning of each podcast, um, we've been trying to start out with a, a, a tune. And so you've uh, mentioned three tunes. And the first one we're going to listen to, uh, correct me if I'm pronouncing this not right, but is it by Terith Dunui? Terith Dunui, yeah. Terith Dunui. And the track is called Famous Wolf, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's have a listen to that, and then we'll get back with Scott and Sergio and see what we can find out about Hurdy Gurdies today. Let's do it.
So that was Turf Dinoui, uh, and the track was Famous Wolf. And we're back again with Scott Damon and Sergio, and we've got a lot to talk about. Sergio sent me a list of things. So Sergio, where should we start? Yes, definitely. We were talking about the old uh, masters. So it's uh, worth uh, mentioning this little village on the Auvergne region, region in Vichy, I think it is, uh, which is Gensat, uh, right, Scott? Yeah, it's not. It's not in the Auvergne. It's in uh, Barry, uh, Barry Bourbonnais. But it's oh, okay. It was close. You know. I was yeah. close. <laughs> you were close. You were very close. Yeah, it's and, Gensat. Uh, I think it's a, a, a very small village. Like now, it's like uh, four hundred and fifty people living there. It just uh, it's very small, but it was very very important for the hardy gardy development, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, the hardy gardy when it when they moved from Paris, uh, I'm sure you've probably heard about the whole thing in in France that uh, that happened where they killed a lot of people and, you know, put a lot of people under the guillotine. All those things kind of happened over there. And Ooh. if you were rich or you worked with really felt, uh, wealthy people, and especially the royals, the one place you did not want to be is Paris. You okay. wanted to be any place that wasn't Paris. And so uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of makers left uh, I mean, the the uh, the region Mirkor uh, is still producing instruments, but wasn't affected so much by the at least to my knowledge wasn't affected so much by the uh, by the revolutions in France. Uh, but the it, it shifted the 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 main region of hurdy gurdy making from the Paris and Mirkor region down to Genzat, and Genzat is where. The the what we would consider the trad instruments today. That's where they really took hold and really became um, popular. They the they became the kind of regular. You know, you consider a guitar today. That is the that was the guitar version of where what everybody would play there. Mm -hmm. So so is 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 France then the actual origin of the hurdy gurdy? No, um, hurdy gurdy is, is far, far older. Um, the, the what we believe there, there's no. I mean, I, I keep telling everybody. I, I still haven't found anybody who has any receipts for their purchase of a hurdy gurdy. <laughs> years ago. So, uh, so you know, we think that they came to uh, Europe with the Moors uh, through North Africa, came into Spain, and then from Spain they spread into the rest of Europe. It's normally um, in Europe, things often spread east to west because the, the, the trade roads came in on the east and they went west. Right. In this case, it, it appears that the hurdy-gurdy came in on the west side in Spain okay. and worked its way across towards the east. So towards Hungary, towards Poland, and, uh, and, and, and uh, what is now Russia. But all of those regions seem to uh, have representatives of hurdy-gurdies or, you know, tekaroos or other versions of that. Sometimes a, a couple hundred years after the, the same um, iconography appears in Spain. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the earliest, the, to my knowledge, that, it, that we found is the, the uh, carvings on the... Cathedral de Santiago de Compostela in Spain, mm -hmm. um, and 
from there, there's, you know, kind of, there's periods where you find stuff and periods when there's, you know, maybe 50 years when nothing shows up, but it's art and who knows what, you know, who knows where the, it disappeared to, or maybe was never produced. So it, it, it came, we think through, through the North of France, North of Africa into Spain and then spread East. It's very wow. interesting that. Okay, yeah. I, did, I did not know that, really. <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, about the Gensat Gurdis, again, uh, you have also a pretty nice collection featuring uh, some of the Gensat makers, right? Yes, yeah. Can we talk I have, a little bit uh, about, the, you know, about the different makers and how they compare, which ones do you like the most? Sure. Uh, so the Gensat region has a really rich history. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, probably 1840s to 19, well, 1970s. And actually, they stopped in the 1960s, 70s. I can't remember exactly when the last maker passed away there. But uh, in Vichy, at the, uh, afterwards, um, uh, Jean-Claude Boudet was making instruments in Vichy. And when he was making instruments in Vichy, he got the opportunity to move to Genzat. And he moved to Genzat to start building hurdy-gurdies again in Genzat. So now with this, you know, very short interruption, there has not, uh, is it a double negative? Not ever, never been a hurdy-gurdy maker not present in Genzat. I don't know how that works out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's very cool, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's been a, there's been a hurdy-gurdy presence, a hurdy-gurdy maker presence um, since the, probably mid 1800s and and still today. Now Jean-Claude uh, Boudet, or sorry, uh, uh, yeah, Jean-Claude Boudet uh, is now, I think just last year he was 80 years old. Um, he's gone into business with his son now. So now Claude Emmanuel makes uh, uh, Boudet's there. Um, and Jean-Claude is still part of the, the business, but most of the, the new instruments now are labeled uh, Claude Emmanuel Boudet. So, there is yet again another maker still residing in Genzat. So it's so cool to, to keep keep up with the tradition eh? all, all those years. It's it's impressive, really. It's it's very impressive. I I think um, uh, uh, it's it's you know it's kind of like whiskey in the United States. You know, somebody's like, yeah, we've been making whiskey here since 1780, but we've never left the town. You know, that's it's it's. <laughs> You know, people still people love it, and they keep doing it. So, um, the the first really big uh, uh, maker there, and they kind of historically large maker, and I and I couldn't tell you if there were makers before, but the, the first maker of Genzat instruments to do, you know, to really produce them was Pajot, and Pajot is kind of the uh, great great grandfather of all of these makers. He's the he's the guy that um, started making the the hurdy gurdy now uh, in 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 Genzat. Now, at the time, the the Pajot house, uh, Maison de the Pajot, um, made uh, a lot of instruments. They they didn't just make uh, hurdy gurdies. Mm -hmm. So if you were a luthier at the time, you your range was everything that, that you had knowledge of and that would make you money. <laughs> so uh, hurdy-gurdies were one of their one of the aspects, but it was the it was the one that they became the most famous for. Um, the uh, the that that house 
that Pajot, the, the, the house of Pajot, branched out to uh, Pajot Fis, which is the son of Pajot, Pajot Jun. Uh, and Pajot Jun, they, they, they there may have been two or three makers. Pajot Fis, I think there's only one maker, but then, uh, uh, then the apprentices and the relatives of Pajot branched out. So then you've got uh, uh, the most famous and the most um, reputable maker as far as that goes. I think the early Pajots are, are very fine, but the, uh, the one that everybody desires, they, they're all trying to find it, Nigu. Nigu. Uh, yeah, Nigu, N-I-G-O-U-T. Nigus are, they, they have kind of the purest uh, sound from that region. It's if, if someone is going to say, you know, what does this really sound like? This, the, the people that know that region are going to say, find a Nigu. Okay. Uh, but, you know, that being said, Pajot made amazing instruments. Pajot Fis made amazing instruments. Pajot Jun, I've got my favorite instrument in the world is a 1899 Pajot Jun. It's just, you know, it's, it's, they, 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 um, the, each, each maker kind of added their own thing to it or maybe took something away, but each maker has their own style. Um, I, I can recognize a Kaidekant uh, from about 30 feet away. The uh, Ilays, right? Those, those characteristics. Yeah. Ilays. Yeah. It's very nice. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, they, it, it's all the inlays and the, the length, the length and the body shape of them is... Okay, is interesting. Um, Pajot, uh, uh, Kedekant, um, also did this interesting thing where he put two notches in the, the bridge, uh, for oh, yes. the, the trumpet. So you can move it. And I, and we're, and I don't know if that's to do with responsiveness or, or intonation. If you're playing a, you know, or, a, you have it tuned to a C or you have it tuned to a D. Uh, I've tried it in both places and it seems to work equally well. So, so you um, can like pull it out and push it in. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we show it. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 yeah, they tend to have the, the notches. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Those inlays. Those inlays were the ones that I was talking about. Yeah. Those are really nice. Yeah. So that's a, that's a Kaidekant. Okay. Wow, um, and uh, I have one that's even fancier than this. But uh, if you even look. Even fancier. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah he, he, did, he did some really great stuff. So if you look right here at the at the, the bridge, I don't know if you can see it very well, but there are two slots in the bridge. So when you, you can actually pull the, the dog out, and there's there's I don't know I can't I see, see it. it. Yeah. Okay. yeah, there's two slots in there, so you can put the dog in either one of those slots, and that's original. That's not something anybody added later. So that's a that's a feature of you know, kind of cons. It's one of those things that you can recognize from, uh, if you, if you don't recognize the maker, you can look at that, that portion of it and it will tell you right away. It's kind of, and that's, that's was it, it's missing it now, but it had a big, uh, mother of pearl placard in it that said it was made by Pajot. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, that's very interesting. So uh, to, to, like, like to, to, to be sure that you are uh, holding a, a, a decant, you have to look to the, um, to the um, uh, holes in the, in the dog bridge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a, it's a good way to tell. Um, and also, like I said, it's just the, 
<clears throat> the general shape of them. They tend to be a little longer and narrower. Uh, the string length is the same, but the body is just a bit different. So each, you know, um, each body mold is, is is a bit different for each maker. Uh, makers made multiple body molds, uh, but they all look the same. So my um, my favorite instrument here, my Pajajun. Um, look at that. This Pajajun. Uh, came to me um, unplayable. So I, I, I did the repairs on it, fixed it up, but it is a quarter inch shorter on the string length uh, than, oh, sorry, a quarter inch longer on the string length than every other, uh, every other Peugeot Jeune or Peugeot uh, that I've seen. It's a quarter inch longer, but the body is smaller. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so, it, and it has this amazing sound. Of course, you know, uh, Mr. Boudet uh, looked at it and said, oh, that's a Nigu, just because he liked the sound. So I, I mean, he looked at it and said, I like this, this, this is Nigu, and this is Nigu, and this is Nigu, and this is Nigu. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but it's somebody stamped Pajor uh, on the side, so I'm, I just call it on Pajor How many of these do you bring to, um, to the Indiana workshop when you go? <laughs> I I try to bring at least two uh, uh -huh. because it, you know flight restrictions. I'm I'm in California and it's uh, you gotta you gotta. There's no direct flight to Indiana from from where I'm at. Right. So uh, so I've got to pay for the overage and all that. If I could, I'd pack a car full of them and <laughs> drop them off, and then everybody could try every instrument I have. You know I. Uh, I routinely have local people here in Los Angeles that come by and they sit down. Um, and they'll play everything that I've got, you know, in the in, in my house that hasn't been loaned out or isn't someplace else or whatever. Lucky guys, really. <laughs> I, want, I want to do that too. <laughs> maybe maybe next year, maybe next year if it works, or the year after that, whenever this is possible, maybe Sergio and I can fly out to you, and then we can rent an RV, pack it all up with hurdy gurdies. And then drive to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Come on. We have that's, a, a that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. It'd be easier to just drive to Indiana with a truck full of them, I think. But yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, now we were talking about um, the the US and and the people that uh, come by to your place to to try Gurdis. But uh, how do you think is the situation, the Gurdi situation in in the in the states? What's the scene like? The What's scene, the yes. thing like? Um, it's so I live in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles area. Um, there are about ten of us locally here. It's quite uh, a lot. Yes, and it, a lot for for the Los Angeles for, for the United States. Most of the time, if you get three, you're in great shape, hmm. um, uh, especially here. But uh, there's about ten of us, and the um, the for a long time, it was my teacher, R.T. Taylor. Oh, he says. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's R.T. is probably the reason that there are, well, is definitely the reason there are 10 hurdy-gurdy players in Los Angeles. He's the guy that, that made everything work here. Mm -hmm. um, and then Curtis Barak, who we talked about earlier, and myself, it started out with just three of us for a very long time. And then we started getting more uh, students interested and now we've got some really, really phenomenal players here. Um, uh, 
on the hurdy gritty community. I think you'll see. Um, uh, oh God, why am I totally blanking out? She's gonna. She's don't 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 put this in the video. <laughs> <laughs> or if you do, just hopefully she'll understand. Is it Mary. Um, Mary. Mary, thank you. I was th for some reason I was uh, my brain kept sticking on Susan, which is Artie's girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> so yes, Mary. Um, so yeah, it, you'll on on the Hurdy community you'll you'll find some really phenomenal videos by Mary. And Mary hasn't been playing very long. I think uh, she's got two two and a half years under her belt now, mm -hmm. and she is really really good. I mean, like one of those people that you just hand some sheet music to and she plays it the first time through every time. Oh, it's she just put out a, a book and a CD or something, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She, now she's a she's also a professional musician because she's she's a teacher and she's a uh, musician in general. She's played uh, <clears throat> violin and piano pretty much her whole life. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when you play violin and piano, a hurdy-gurdy is just kind of a, yeah, exactly, just a mashup of both yeah. of those things. Exactly. Yeah. Child, just like that, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and then we've got some some other students that, uh, that RT is teaching that um, uh, that are uh, just more great, amazing players. Uh, you know, Sarah is really great. Uh, Taryn is awesome. Uh, Eric is just this amazing player over here. Just there's just these th these uh, really dedicated, really you know driven people. And luckily, we have RT who really he he really pushes us and really kind of makes us get together and play and yeah, you know awesome. find, makes everybody find time so that we can all play together. And you know even even in the situation we're in now, where everybody has to be six feet apart and sometimes it's hard <laughs> to hear six feet <laughs> apart um we still try to get together you know once every three months or so and and just and and just play normally we try to get together once a month and and uh have a big you know 10 or 12 person get together with bagpipes and everything else so what do you what do people in the u.s what are they supposed to do if they live thousands of miles away from from LA, <laughs> like you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, so the problem with the problem with Zoom, as we all know, is uh, as far as your teaching, and I'm sure Sergio will attest to this, is latency. Definitely, definitely, yes. <laughs> yeah. Now, if we could just get Ansible's working, um, everything would be fine, and you would just communicate immediately. But that doesn't really happen. So, um, so the 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 people that are outside of Los Angeles, like I said, it's uh, we are a very lucky group here. Um, the the best thing to do is well search first off search uh, the American uh, hurdy gurdy group. See if there's somebody local. Um, if you live, you know, in the in the middle of Arizona, it's probably not likely there's any going to be anybody local. Uh, but the best thing to do is to uh, take classes with. You know, Sergio, looking at you, Sergio. <laughs> okay. take, class, <laughs> take class with Sergio uh, or, or, and everybody else you can. Literally, if somebody offers and you've got the time and the money to take a class any place in the world, do it. It's, there's, Definitely. Uh, you know, there's, I, I've taught students before. Uh, I still teach students, but 
um, I also spend a lot of time learning. I spend a lot of time going places to take classes with really great players and every opportunity I can get, I do that. Right. Okay. Um, uh, before you get into that next little topic you got there, Sergio, um, I wanted to ask you about the, um, the Indiana workshop, but before we do that, I think we should listen to uh, one of these other tracks that you sent for us, Scott. Um, and the one of them was called Indifference, and is that just Tend-M or is it Tendum? Tendum. Tendum, okay. Well, let's yeah. take a moment to listen to Tendum's track called Indifference, then we'll return with Scott and Sergio and continue the discussion.
Éclater le bord de sa tenue Balancer dans l'air sans avoir d'air Soumé dans le temps Au fond le nuit d'abus du soufflé Il s'est tiré du ciel, on s'est fondu Et si c'était ça la vie Mais si on ne l'avait pas dit Les piquets pas cossés, là de l'avant L'aventure est là Allez, tirez-nous dans vie Donnez-nous tout de ceci Efficace à So we're back, and we were just listening to a group called Tendum, and the track was called Indifference. And you were mentioning something while the track was playing there, Scott. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this track and this music? Well, Indifference uh, is, is actually an accordion tune. Uh, it's, a, it's a very famous accordion tune. Um, this one was, uh, and, I, and I, I, I don't know the name of the, the person that, that uh, composed this one or rewrote it for, uh, for Annelise and Laurence Pochmaier, but it, as far as I'm concerned, it is some of the purest hurdy-gurdy playing, uh, you know, that, that I, that, that's out there. I mean, it's just really, really clear. They are dead on with each other the entire time they play. I see them, uh, well, I've seen a video. I never saw them play it live. But I've seen the video of them playing it li uh, live, and they are just as accurate. This is not a trick. They are really, really good. I, like I told Sergio in one of the last podcasts, personally, my mind has been opened up to so many different hurdy-gurdy musicians that I really had no idea existed. <laughs> so thanks for telling us about this. So we were talking about the hurdy-gurdy scene in the United States, and I was curious about the, um, the, the meetup in Indiana. So what can you tell us about that? So uh, the meetup in, 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 in Indiana got started with uh, Juan Wingard, Gard, Juan Wingard, I think, G-A-R-D, um, and Tom Lozano, uh, as, as well as um, Juan Carlos there uh, with the early music uh, uh, group that he was with. And they wanted to do some classes to, to teach locals and, and get people interested in the hurdy-gurdy. So they got it started, uh, I think it was about seven or eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, I think. Um, and they, uh, they essentially just, you know, started out with a few students. It's in the kind of the middle of Indiana and in the, in a, um, what would otherwise be kind of a church retreat, uh, <laughs> location. Um, it, we are often terrible people there. Uh, only <laughs> Only for saying a lot, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I snuck that one in. Uh, so anyway, I um, uh, but they they uh, they got it started. They did a, a really great job getting it going, uh, and then uh, they just switched some teachers out. They got other teachers in. Uh, uh, they they rotated teachers in and out. So now it's uh, it's Michael Opp who teaches beginners. Who could probably actually teach in some pretty advanced classes. Michael Opp is a, is a really great He's teacher. And it, it, keep your eyes out for Michael Opp hurdy gurdies in the future. He's he's very quiet about this, but uh, very good news. I'm, very good news. <laughs> I'm I'm doing pre advertisement for you, Michael. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's so good because uh, we we all know the 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 Luthier situation in the in the states is a bit like ha ha ha. But now uh, keep an eye yeah. on, on Michael. Yeah, exactly. And and Mike is uh, he's he's built uh, several instruments now and done a bunch of repair and uh, he's just really I, I think 
Mike's going to be the guy to, to look forward to in the future here. Uh, and can we have a good hurdy gurdy builder in the United States? Yes, Mike could be the the premier hurdy gurdy maker in the United States. Very good. and I, and I like I said, he's he's not quite fully set up yet. He's working on it. Uh, and his and his wife Cammy, they just had a uh, daughter, so there's a little time involved here. But uh, Cammy uh, also does restoration, and and so they're both involved in it. Nice. Uh, so um, I'm I'm hoping and waiting for great things for Michael. Uh, so anyhow, so Michael uh, is the beginning teacher today, uh, beginner teacher, but he could do, like I said, more, much more advanced stuff. Um, I'm the intermediate slash, you know, kind of pseudo advanced teacher. Um, and then uh, uh, Robert Green is the, is the Baroque teacher. <clears throat> uh, Robert, Robert Green has been, he actually written a book. He's been teaching uh, a Baroque music and Baroque style for a really long time. Uh, he teaches in France, he teaches here. Um, and uh, so the, the diversity of, of how you wanna learn is available. <clears throat> the problem that, um, that always plagues every one of these uh, you know, one of the, anybody of these classes where they're long-term is that uh, there's a limited amount of teachers that you can get in the United States. And so um, if we want to get a teacher from outside the United States, then it's a problem with visas and a problem with, you know, work visas and things like that. So, <clears throat> which is why I say, if somebody wants to take a class because they're teaching a class on Zoom, take the class. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it will be the best 30 euros you've ever spent, you know, regardless, just spend the money if you've got it, and you can spend the time. But as far as uh, as far as Indiana goes, Indiana is is really the 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 base to to get uh, students if they don't play, it's to get them to play. If they are working on, you know, learning how to play, it's to get them to the, that over that plateau, get them to the next step. And for those people that play regularly, it's to get them to push themselves a little farther. So Indiana is really, uh, it's a, it's, it's a week long intensive thing. I mean, basically you show up and you work all day um, and you, and you do it for, you know, well, five days. Uh, but you, you work all day. We don't, yeah, we don't, uh, it, it's not like you, you play for two hours and then you, you know, uh, then you're kind of off on your own. You're, you're playing for a good six hours a day. Mm. Um, and then, at, and then at night we have a, a jam session usually. Um, and then we also have everybody, we, we have the, the instrument swap. So, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like trying everything from everyone. Yes. Everybody tries everything. So exactly. Yeah. So we do that where we take everybody's instrument, set them on the tables in a big room and say, play, you know, pick up that one, pick up that one. So I try to bring a different instrument every year. So somebody can go, I really love this Roboyo. And I can say, sorry, you can't take it home, but. <laughs> go find Jaime. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, so, you know, it's just a way to get everybody get their hands on a different instrument to get it to, to get their own time on it and, and you know you we don't we don't put a time limit on you can play it for an hour you can play it for three minutes it's 
Uh, it's to really kind of let people know, hey, there there is a really diverse uh, collection of instruments, but also a really diverse sound you can get. Exactly. This is very interesting. Just, just uh, for, for beginners also to develop the, the critical listening, which is... Uh, very very important on the on the hardy gardens and, and and you know to 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 find out how how an instrument from for example by Bixel Baumer and uh, from Nigut the, how they compare and how different they are and how awesome they are in in in, in their particular place right absolutely yeah. absolutely and a pretty good you know, sample of all kinds of different instruments then yes yeah. yeah you can sample a bunch and it it also gives you the ability to um, to try out instruments that that you might not find otherwise. I mean, uh, Sierra <laughs> has stopped making instruments. So, uh, so you know, if somebody were to show up and they have a Sierra, you can play it, and and now you know, hey, if one of these comes up, maybe I want to buy it. It's it's not new, but I like the sound. Um, you know, if a Kerbouf comes up. Uh, you know, hey, Odren is still making. I can go, you know, I can send him a, a message and I can get my, get an instrument made. So, you know, it's just a, um, it, it's just the opportunity for everybody to, to get, uh, like, like Sergio said, uh, Sergio said, uh, Sergio, Sergio, thank you. Um, the said, uh, is Serge. Um, Sorry, I just have to do every time I say Serge, I have to do it with a that that you know Ukrainian <laughs> accent. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so it's it's the ability for everybody to try it out and and kind of get like he said a critical ear, find the sound that fits you, and buy that instrument. Sure, excellent. What do you think? I mean. Uh, Hurdy Gurdy and Hurdy Gurdy music seems to be pretty popular in other parts of the world. Um, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, do you do you expect that to become more predominant in the U.S. or in in North America? As as it, do you think it's going to spread this way and we'll have bands actually with Hurdy Gurdy players in it? Like bigger. I, bands. Yeah, yeah, bigger. Yeah, I, I think it already has. Um, I mean, I think the same. Tell me, it, tell me about it. <laughs> so. Uh, so I, I started 16 years ago, which doesn't, it, it seems like a long time for me, but if, if you look at other players who've been playing for 40 or 50 years, you're like, wow, I, I'm brand new to this. Um, but they, uh, but 16 years ago, like, you know, Eluvaiti was a like super cool thing because they were a you know a, a rock band with a hurdy gurdy in them, and now you're like, oh yeah, Eluvaiti and Pan and you know, and, and just, there's all Fawn and you know all these these different bands, and they've all started incorporating hurdy gurdies as part of their sounds. But they're all over across the way, you know. Yes, they're, they're, they're across the ocean. <laughs> exactly, but the thing that that interests a lot of people and in you know it kind of goes it's like all music it goes in and out and in and out and out. you know the 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 hurdy-gurdy started dying and that's why the that's what happened to the genzai people just weren't making weren't buying them. and then there was a huge uh, uh traditional music resurgence resurgence in france and they all started they became started becoming really popular again well here in the U.S., I think what's happening is it's a slow movement, and uh, everybody's going to be, you know, uh, I knew about those guys before they were famous, you know, and everybody <laughs> have some hurdy gurdy in their band, you know. Um, but I think that uh, that 
the the swing towards kind of a a, a more maybe a, a more traditional sound um, it is it is kind of in and out here in the U.S. It's always been in and out, but I think the swing towards more traditional sound will add, start adding more hurdy gurdies in, and then of course you're going to start getting a lot of bands here in the United States that are going to start working to emulate the what I call pagan rock stuff which is you know which is the the put on you know huge costumes and and uh huge have bagpipes with the with the bells on them that look like they're they're <laughs> huge big, yeah. they have a tiny little hole in the top you know with the you know with all the with all the metal fittings and all the spikes and everything else that's that's probably going to start coming around here and that's when the, you know people are going to go hurdy gurdy. We got to have a hurdy gurdy, um, and I, I I already see that happening. I mean, I already see more and more people uh, in in buying hurdy gurdies in the United States. And and strangely enough, this weird COVID situation where everybody is kind of locked up has given everybody freedom to pursue things like music. It, it, it doesn't seem like it. You seem like you're locked in your house and maybe you just want to play video games, but I have far more requests for people looking for hurdy-gurdies today than I did last year at this time. Exactly. This also happened to me since the lockdown started. Like, uh, I have like 10 more students. It's like psh, crazy. People are like uh, really wanting to, to play. So it's, it's, it's awesome. So, Scott, um, I see you have a pretty nice T-shirt there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's my uh, it's my uh, Hurdy Gurdy Association T-shirts, but I, I have the other one as well that uh, that just says "Elitist Hole" on it. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about the this story? Yes, please. Uh, uh, well, it's 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 somewhat of an inside joke, but it, it it's just because. Um, I like to tell the truth, uh, and I like to get we all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and I like to get people uh, move people away from making bad decisions and try <laughs> to move them towards making better decisions. But sometimes, I mean, I, I totally understand. Like, there's a, a lot of people today that are like, "I really want a hurdy gurdy. Where can I get a hurdy gurdy for three hundred dollars?" Yay! Exactly, but that's really not a hurdy gurdy, is it? I mean, it's it it's a it's the nice shape. Uh, it looks like one from about 150 feet away, but <laughs> if you get up close to it and try to play it, that's completely a different thing. And it's a noise uh, box, we could say. Right. Exactly. So um, so because I'm truthful and like to tell people, uh, you know. Don't do that. It's it's it, it doesn't it, it just makes somebody else money and you're giving them money and they're giving you nothing in return. Mm -hmm. You're just getting a junk box. I mean, you're getting a, a something that looks like it, it looks like an instrument, but isn't. So how yeah. many souls have you crushed at the Indiana workshop? Um, I, I probably personally have crushed at least one for sure. <laughs> Only one. I, I think I crush like 20 a week. Yeah, well, you know, but, but I mean, I, I, I 
personally crushed them in terms of yeah probably bad but uh, but you know at the hurt at the hurdy-gurdy workshop most of the time people show up and they they um we try to fix whatever we can we, this is nice know. this is nice because sometimes uh, when when someone experienced uh, adjust the instrument maybe you can you can do something uh, maybe some days you can do something but uh, yeah of course yeah exactly i mean So like, it's exactly, so we try to fix it. We'll, we'll swap out strings for them. We'll take the Tirant off and replace the Tirant for them. We'll swap out, you know, make new dogs for them. We have a whole dog making class, like just a class. Yeah, so that, so people can learn how to make their own. Um, and, uh, you know, so essentially in, you know, the in Indiana, we try to get people playing. Um, we even, we, I bring loaners, uh, well, of the two instruments I bring, I, I'll, I'll loan one out because I need to teach with one. Um, but other people bring loaners so that people can try them out, or at least if they show up and they've got a, um, you know, a, a eBay hurdy-gurdy for 300 bucks, uh, that they eventually go, well, you know, the fireplace over there is kind of empty, so we'll just use this in the fireplace, and I'll play, my, I'll play this guy's instrument because he brought something nice. You know, I, I was I was thinking about this a little bit uh, leading up to this, and um, it started to occur to me when people are online or on you know, the hurdy gurdy community, and they're talking about getting a particular kind of hurdy gurdy shaped object, and then everyone just is going to jump in and say that's not a hurdy gurdy, it's terrible, it's too cheap, or you're paying too much for it. it. It occurred to me while I agree with all that many times, there are probably a lot of people out there that really don't plan on trying to play well, though. You know, I wonder. I wonder how much that plays into it. They just want something that's going to kind of do it, but they're not going to sit there and try to play something. They just, you know, some amazing hurdy gurdy piece. Yes, yes, Ryan. But remember what we talked about in the other podcast. That that specific thing is what gives the idea to the uh, to the mainstream right. that the gurdy is a shit box that sounds <laughs> like dying cats. Right, right. And I think that's why people is uh, very protective, if, air quotes again, uh, protective if you want to, to, to say that way, you know, because someone shows up with a, a, a HGSO, hardly got the shape object, and, and just says, okay, this is okay for me because I just want to, you know, to make some weird noises, but... That's not the point. That's not right. what a hurdy-gurdy is, and that's not what uh, we, the community uh, people, are trying to, to, to show to the, to the world, you know? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Essentially, what it means is that um, there, everybody would like to have a starter instrument. I mean, something that's cheap, and even, and which is really where nerdy-gurdies have come in. I mean, nerdy-gurdies have been like, okay, well, If you want something that's functional and works, here's a here's a nerdy gritty. It's 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 you know it, it gets you there um, exactly, it, and it, it exists. You can you can make your own for 350 euros, I think. Uh, so why why buying a workshop medieval or or other uh, instruments like this that uh, you know this maker is going to charge you what 800 dollars, a thousand dollars for for a just a, a wall hanging. Uh, wall hanger, you know, and, and you have options. It's mm -hmm. not that we are uh, against uh, cheap instruments. 
Okay, this, I, I want you guys that are hearing this, I want you to, to be really, really uh, sure about this. We don't fight against uh, cheap instruments, uh, really. <laughs> you have options. Yeah, yeah. We, we had, they, they, by the way, lawn care guys showed up. So, um, so, <laughs> so if you hear any of you, that's what's happening out there. Uh, yeah, we don't. We don't. I mean, if you can get an inexpensive, good instrument, we absolutely endorse it. Um, it's, it's when you spend good money and you get nothing in return. Um, or if you get, you spend really, really good money, $5,000 or so, and are, you only later find out that the instrument that you paid $5,000 for is, is absolute junk. And that, you know, you could have put the $5,000 towards any other far better instrument, but that didn't have laser cutouts in it. Um, you know, just something... <laughs> It, you know, just something that um, that that will play. And and if somebody just wants to play and just wants to you know make some noise or you know have a drone sound, then that's fine. There's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And usually those people don't show up on the hurdy gurdy community and say things like, "Hey, I really want to be a hurdy gurdy player." They just say, "I want to play this drone sound, but this sounds terrible. Can you make it so it will make a drone sound?" And um, so, you know, those people aren't, uh, aren't. I mean, they, they are within the community. They are the people that we still want to help, but they're not the people that are going to per perpetually look for help. I, I, I refer to those people as closet hurdy-gurdy players. And, and <laughs> not, not for the reason that most people think. Most people think, you know, oh, I've closeted myself away. I'm a hurdy-gurdy player, but I'm closeted myself away and nobody's ever going to know. No, it means that they get a hurdy-gurdy, they try it for about a month, they go, this thing sucks, they put it in a closet, and then when somebody says hurdy-gurdy, they go, I've got one of those, and they pull it out of the closet, and they go, Aah! and then they put it back in the closet uh, no. <laughs> So... You know, we want to discourage closet hurdy-gurdy players. We want them to be good musicians and good players. And uh, and that's really what it comes down to with, you know, those, the cheaper instruments versus, well, I should say cheap, bad instruments versus expensive instruments. We always try to push somebody, you know, can you save for another three months? You know, I know that, uh, that America is an impulse country. We want to buy everything on impulse. That's why they put things by the grocery stand so that when you go out, you buy the gum on the way out. You know, they want you to do that. And we are a, a nation. Oh, it's getting louder out there. We are a nation of, of, uh, <laughs> of, of impulse buyers. Was but, that a hurdy-gurdy? Was that a closet hurdy-gurdy person? Yeah, it, it could, it could <laughs> be, but it, it, it sounds like a it sounds like a closet hurdy-gurdy with a guy playing a bull roar or something out there right now. Too. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but you know what we want to do is try to get people to not just accept the least that they can get away with. We want them to go a little more, save a little longer, and and get. The, the next best instrument that is going to be better for them in the long run. And the other thing about hurdy-gurdies, they really hold their value. I mean, exactly, exactly. Unless you sure. get a crap one, then you end up yeah. selling it for a third or less. <laughs> exactly. 
that's that's the point. You got to get if if you want something that's going to hold a value and be resellable in a good one. If you right. don't care uh, and you just want to be a closet hurdy gurdy players, then don't bother. Just get the cheapest one you can and and crank away. But realize it's going to be what you pay for. I mean, exactly, and, exactly. And remember, uh, even if you pay five thousand dollars, it doesn't necessarily mean that you will get a beautiful, nice sounding instrument. So please do your research, mm -hmm. go find the Hardegarde community on Facebook, uh, read the FAQ, uh, ask uh, the experienced players, really do this, because even if you spend uh, a ton of money, it's not granting you a, 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 a very nice instrument. So. Mm -hmm. And you know, one one quick thing, being a person who, when I first got involved in Hardy Gurdies, all I knew was a, a builder in the United States, and that's what I went with, um, <clears throat> because I didn't think that it was a good idea to spend extra money with shipping and insurance coming from you know the United Kingdom or 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 Austria or wherever they may be coming from. But you know, having having then purchased one from uh, Neil Brook in the United Kingdom. It, it was easy. There was no big deal. You know, I sent him the money and uh, the shipping and the insurance. It didn't add any more. So I'm just saying that to people who might be caught up on the idea of getting something from across the sea. It's not a problem. It works out pretty easy most of the time, I think. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the, I would say currently um, you're going to you're going to experience the less. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, what it, today is the the 11th. Wow. It's it's September 11th. So it's September 11th here. Um, and uh, in 2020, just in case you're watching this well into the future, um, you can tell by the dystopian color of my window that's shining in through it from the fires that are turning the, the ground uh, or, or the sky orange outside my window, um, that uh, um, it, it's going to be a little slower today uh, just because of the demands on shipping and because of the restrictions and things like that. But be patient. It'll it'll show. You know, it'll it'll get to you. Um, the, but like you said, it it's it's far better to spend the little extra and get the a, a far far better instrument. Mm -hmm. Well, I know Sergio might have another more serious question, but I have one that's not quite so serious. Um, looking behind you, I happen to see a skull. And I happen to see what looks like a devil. Yes. So I'm wondering, what does the devil have to do with hurdy-gurdies? Ah, uh, well, what does the devil have to do with hurdy-gurdies? Uh, now, I, I, I wore my hurdy-gurdy association shirt, but I just received my devil playing a hurdy-gurdy t-shirt. <laughs> nice. Two of them, by the way. One, one was thinner so that I can wear it when it's hot, and the other one's thicker so I can wear it when it's cold because... Oh. It's important. <laughs> important. But uh, even Bosch will tell you, uh, well, or would have told you, that uh, the hurdy-gurdy is an instrument from hell. But of course, if you look at all of the paintings and all the iconography, there's a lot of stuff in there. Bagpipes were from hell. Shams were from hell. I mean, basically, it's just restricted to, you know, harps and, uh, and, and maybe some sort of simple guitar-like <laughs> no banjos. Yeah, no, no banjos are definitely in hell. Banjos, are definitely in hell. yeah, uh, banjos. You know, there, there, there's uh, a, um, 
uh, penny whistles. Penny whistles are probably in hell. I mean, good, good wood flutes, good Irish wood flutes. Yeah, they're probably not in there, but, but penny whistles definitely in hell. And, and everybody who's had to learn how to play recorder in, the, in their basic school music program, they think recorders are in hell too. Melodians? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, melodians are in hell. And what's the, oh, what is that? Uh, the regal. Have you ever heard of a regal? No, Regal is essentially like a, um, it, it, it plays kind of like an early uh, organ would do, you know, just a, just a key instrument, but it's reeds, it's double reeds, it's, so it's, it's air driven. So essentially it's the Renaissance fart machine. It's just, <laughs> I mean, they, it, so that's definitely in hell too. <laughs> All right. Well, before we, before we wrap up today, Sergio, do you have anything else you would like to address with Scott? Maybe anything to do with castles or other things? <laughs> I don't know, but I have, uh, uh, yeah, I have two two questions because I would like to uh, always uh, ask this to to our guests because I'm very curious. Uh, what's your sto your story? How did you get started with this? Uh, this is uh, super interesting for me. <laughs> well, so I got started. Um, I used to do Renaissance fairs, um, okay. which, which which were a thing in in the United States. Still are a thing here in the United States. At least not they were every year at this year. Um, and I, and, uh, and there, and there's two things that happened. One, I, uh, about 30, 30 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, I saw, um, and I, and I don't know if it was Brian Tully. I think I might've seen Brian Tully, who's a hurdy gurdy maker who now lives in France. He's an English gentleman who used to live here in the United States. So he's kind of, you know, been all over the place, but I think I saw him playing at a Renaissance fair in Southern California. And I thought that's really cool. Um, and that's as far as it went, uh, and about, and, and about 16 years ago, uh, and, and, and you need to understand, I'm also a dabbler. I will try all kinds of things. If I want to try some art project, I will just say, uh, you know what? Uh, let's see how to do that. I don't know how to do it. So let me see if I can try how to do that. So I will try some project, uh, you know, I was doing, uh, copper embossing because I'd never done it before. And, Lovely. you know, just. You know, ju just a bunch of stuff. Just, I don't do engraving. I hadn't done engraving, so I was like, let's try that. So the, the thing is, I, I I would have some grand idea for the project, and then I would get to a point where I would be like, I don't know how to finish this, so I'm going to put this on the shelf. And then I would do the next thing, and then I would go, I don't know how to finish this, so I'm going to put this on the shelf. <laughs> so, you know, because sometimes two years later, I'd have some great, you know, epiphany and be like, hey, that's the way to finish that. So I'd go pick it up off the shelf. But I had a large shelf full of, of several shelves full of unfinished <laughs> items. And uh, so one day I thought, you know what, I, I'm, I'm old enough now, I should be able to finish a damn project. So I, I picked up, uh, uh, I, I was at the Renaissance Fair, and I thought, you know, I have not seen anybody playing hurdy-gurdy here in probably, you know, 15, 18, 15 years. So I thought, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna buy a hurdy-gurdy. Um, and it just so happened. Uh, even then, you know, it was always a wait. And, of course, I'm an American, so I'm, I'm impulse buying stuff. And I, but, but when I started looking, there was a very limited amount of things that very limited amount of uh, information, like most everything came from uh, Alden and Callie uh, up at Olympic Music. 
and all of the, there's a lot of information on their site. I didn't even know, you know, the, the names for hurdy gurdies that weren't English. So I had to, to do a lot of research and it, and I found a guy in Germany, a guy named Helmut Seibert and I still recommend him. Hey. Um, Helmut Seibert uh, makes a whole bunch of different models uh, and does a, you know, like you'll, you'll get most makers maybe make three or four models. He's got like eight or nine. And, and if you're just like, Hey, I want to try something out. He's like, great, let's do that. <laughs> it's totally, totally nice guy. Really nice guy. Um, uh, builds pretty much bulletproof instruments. Um, they, they are not, uh, what I tell people is the same is that they, they are not Weichselbombers. They're not Raboyos but they are super sturdy, they are super playable, and, they're, um, and they're, they're easy to understand and easy to play. So it's not, there's not a lot uh, you know, difficult with them. So anyhow, and the reason I found, uh, when I looked up hurdy-gurdy every place else, the reason I found it is because I misspelled hurdy-gurdy intentionally. I spelled it, you know, H-U-R-T-Y. <laughs> uh, and and it had been misspelled on the website so that's how i found him so i sent him an email and i said hey you wouldn't happen to have anything in your shop that i could buy right now would you which i found by the way is a trick do this if you can get away with it sometimes they will uh if you want to order an instrument they they specifically think you want a particular type of instrument but sometimes if you contact a maker and say do you happen to have they may actually happen to have so now, now i just pissed off a bunch of makers just now by had there's going to be a flood of people being hey do you happen to have this on the shelf right. um, anyway so so I asked him if he happened to have an instrument on the shelf and he said, yes, uh, I got it within a few weeks. Um, and then six weeks later, I was at the over the water hurdy Fest, gritty festival up in, in uh, Washington. And that's, and that's where I met RT and that's where I met Curtis and that's where everything got started for me. I mean, I basically, I started playing uh, in music instrument because I, at the time I thought, you know, I want to do something and I'm going to do a project and I'm going to finish it. And the, the problem with music is you never finish. You spend oh, that's true. <laughs> Sergio's like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was perfect for me. It's a project I can't put on a shelf because I'm always working on it. So it worked out great. Lovely. And maybe to, to finish today's uh, podcast with you, um, this is another question that I always ask. Uh, who are like your top three or top five, if it's very difficult, uh, players? Oh, uh, Patrick Buffar, number one. Oh, sure, number one. Uh, yeah. yeah, Patrick Buffar is 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 by far the my favorite player. But but you know, I I, I steal his buzzing technique, which other people, every other people will be like, oh, that's so heavy. The buzzing on it <laughs> is so heavy. But I'm like, it's awesome. It rocks. <laughs> So anyway, uh, but Patrick Buffar, um, uh, of course, uh, the, the one of my, uh, and, I, and I've never taken a class with him, but I just, I just think he's an ultimately fine and, and great human being, Gregory Jolivet. Oh, Greg, yes, sure. Um, and I, and, and someday I endeavor to take a class with him. I just haven't, I, I've never been in Europe when the classes are going on. Um, 
I would say, um, oh God, there's there's such a big long list. Uh, Terry Noir is this is another great, amazing player. Uh, Terry Bruno um, is another great. Terry Bruno is like the the a guy who's playing blues and jazz on a hurdy gurdy while everybody else was still playing trad music. I mean, Terry <laughs> awesome. pretty awesome. Um, uh, uh, and as, as far as early music goes, you, you couldn't beat with a stick, uh, Toby Miller's quality of music. Oh my God. Yeah. Just, just amazing. She's, she's awesome. We will have her uh, somewhere, uh, someday, right, uh, yes, Ryan? Yes, she, she has agreed to be on here. We just have to make it happen. <laughs> awesome. She, she is she, she's really excessively knowledgeable. I mean, like, I, I always I, – I, I love Terry. I love Toby. I, I just think she's awesome. I just uh, – uh, and I, I wish I could spend more time with her so I could learn more. But um, – uh there's a new and i and i'd have to look up his last name because i only know his but there's this there's this new player who plays really 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 incredibly well he's he's very close to to patrick in the way that he plays uh his first name is bernard bernard oh oh yes uh, a young guy this, this duo, right with the accordion uh i i i I don't, I maybe, I'm not, I haven't seen any, I've only seen one of his, uh, his videos recently. You can tell it's Bernard, but right away, because his elbow is way up in the air, as he plays with left elbow, really, is way up in the air, um, which makes it really easy for him to play. He's got, you know, he's one of these great players with long fingers and not fat, stubby things like I got, uh, which makes it, yeah, which makes like, you know, octaves a really easy thing. But he is, I just uh, met him uh, last year. He is just an amazing player, a young guy, and it just, just you know, well worth watching. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's just so many great players. I, and I, um, I have to say, I'm, I'm more in the world of French players. So, like, Efron. Is it Efron or Efron? Efren, Efren. Efren, Efren, okay. Um, I think I, I love his music. I think he's amazing. I, I've only seen limited amounts of him, and I haven't ever met him. He, uh, I, wish I, I wish I had the opportunity. Um, but, you know. He's a very good friend. Uh, he's awesome. You, you, you should come here to, to visit him, really. I, I, I'll have to do that. I, I actually truly want to go to Spain again. Are you? You're in South, yeah? I'm in uh, north. Well, not north. North, uh, northeast in Catalonia. Northeast. Oh, Catalonia. Okay, okay. I, the, the closest I've been in Spain is uh, is uh, the Galicia area. Of course, Galicia is yeah. the. For those of you who are listening, Galicia is the place of bagpipes and and traditional hardigardes in in Spain. So yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You're more so, than invited eh, to come here. <laughs> I, I, and you're more than invited to come here. I, you, you know, we can try all the instruments. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and by then I'll probably have more. So uh, <laughs> I, it's a it's a disease. I can't stop. I don't know why. I, I just you know. But uh, uh, and I, I think one of the reasons is because I, I really enjoy um, not only just repairing the instruments and restoring them because I really like uh, the the just having my hands on things and working on them and and really being able to look at the, what some early maker did but also because I really want others to have that same experience where they can sit down and play what, 
whatever they want to do, you know, play the play all these instruments I've got just to try them out because you, you need to find your sound. And if you don't make it to La Somme Contenu, you, you know, you, the, uh, your sound is going to be hard to find on your own. And La Somme Contenu, even, you know, even the, the, the luthiers they, there say, you know, it's really great in the morning, but it's by the time the dirt has kicked up and the heat has kicked up and 15 mm. people have played the instrument, it's <laughs> not the sound that they want. You know, it's not that it's not the, what they think is the true sound out of their instrument. They're like, it's, it's an approximation, but when you can kind of sit in a, in a controlled room and, and have the opportunity to play a bunch of different instruments, uh, that that's really nice. And so I try to try to keep that going. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I think that'll probably bring us to the end of our, our time today. So I thank you so much for being here, Scott. It's really wonderful to talk to you. Yeah, I, I, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks Sergio there for, uh, for Serge for being around yes. uh, and, and putting together this great podcast. This is awesome. I think this is, uh, this is one of those things that people really, um, uh, you know, the, the hurdy-gurdy community really needs. And especially, especially now. They need to know that there's people out there that support them and put some uh, faces to names and things like that. Right. Well, again, it's just wonderful to have you. And maybe we'll do it again in a, we've got so many people lined up and we're only doing it twice a month. It might be a little while, but hopefully you might want to come back again sometime. Sure. That would be nice. Yes. It it was so cool. Really. And um, we're going to be leading out today or is that leading? We're going to be going out today uh, with the third track that you wanted to play. Um, So that was. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's Patrick Buffard and Gilles Chabnat. Okay. And it's now, now if you want to hear the combination of a modern instrument, which is the uh, Gilles Syrah, and a traditional instrument, which is Patrick's Nigu, this is the sound. This is the combination of both of them. And they are, well, they're, they're both in their own right, just uh, phenomenal musicians. All right, good. Well, let's, let's see what we've got here. And I just loved having you both and we'll be in touch soon.